This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The National Women's Soccer League is coming to Los Angeles. A lot of people have been waiting a very long time to hear those words, and today they became reality. No more rumors. I'm Jeff Kasouf, host of Kickin' Back, a podcast by The Equalizer, and today I'm joined by Julie Foudy and Mia Hamm, United States women's national soccer team legends, World Cup winners, Olympic winners, and now investors in a women's pro soccer team. The team, which is operating right now as Angel City, will enter the league in 2022, and I'm really excited to bring you this podcast. Julie and Mia took the time on a very busy day making this announcement to talk about why they got involved the vision they have for this team, and what they see as the future for this league and this sport. So really exciting time uh, for some big news. 14 ex-US players involved in this investment group, the first woman-majority-owned team in the league and a rarity in sports. So it's a big day. Uh, Really excited to bring you this. Please go ahead and rate and review this podcast. Subscribe to it. The more you do those things, the more we can get these incredible stories out to people just like yourselves, and it's much easier for others to discover these. So we'll get to Julie and Mia just after the ad break and kick back, have a listen, and enjoy the latest episode of Kicking Back. Jeff Kasuf here on Kicking Back with Julie Foudy, Mia Ham, new investors in the Los Angeles NWSL team that's going to start play in 2022. Uh, thank you both for joining me. Thanks for having us. Uh, you probably, uh, people listening probably know you both for, for many more accolades than that, but um, curious how that, that feels to have that uh, out in the world, to hear that, you know, investors in, in a pro women's soccer team in L.A., you know that dancing icon with the red dress? That's the thing I keep going to. I'm like, I just feel like I want to dance. I'm like, hell yes, let's go. <laughs> First of all, some good news finally in 2020. That's well needed. Um, and and it just it just feels so fun. I mean, to have all of us as players and the group we have is super exciting. Makes me want to dance. But no yeah, no, I I agree. I, I think um it's one of those, I remember uh, having the first conversation and from where we are now and, and the, the kind of excitement and the buzz behind it has been tremendous. Um, as I said earlier, a lot of work still to do, uh, but it's going to be work that is so worth it and so enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for our listeners, uh, investors in this team, 14 U.S. players, ex-U.S. players, um, many, many different names. I'll, I'll read off a few quickly. Actress Natalie Portman, entrepreneurs Karen Nortman, Julie Ehrman, venture capitalist Alexis Ohanian. Uh, I counted 33 names in the press release, so if anybody needs all of them, I will uh, direct you all to equalizersoccer.com for the, the actual story. But um, 
the first majority woman owned team in the league, which I think is a, a really big point in addition to that being um, so many, so many names from, you know, the sport um, and, and from the national team and, and past leagues. Um, what, what stage did this become realistic for you both? When did you become involved in this process? Um, I'll, I'll start. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, I met Kara and Natalie and Julie actually probably towards the end, I mean, the beginning of this year, so pre-COVID, <laughs> when we could actually gather. And um, I had been hearing about them for a long time from Becca Roo, who is the executive director of the U.S. Women's National Team Players Association. And she had said, there's this awesome group of women in L.A. that have been wanting to meet. And when I finally met them in January, I think it was, um, and we started talking about the team and you saw how invested they were in it in terms of the passion behind it and um, and what their thoughts were on community outreach and it being you know more than just soccer and so much in line with things that I love and care deeply about that um, we continue those conversations and uh, and then, of course, the first person I said we need to get in touch with was Mia. Um, and so chatting with Mia, um, we quickly came to the, you know, to the realization, like, why not open this up to all players from Southern California who came from the national team, who either leave, lived here or live here or grew up here. Um, and so that was a really fun process. And Julie, of course, was uh, all in on it from the beginning. And so, um, and to see their reaction from the players in terms of, I think Mia, we, we got all 12, 14 in like two days, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it was like, yes, 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 yes. This is amazing. Let's go. <laughs> um, and so that's really fun for us because now it becomes, you know, an extension of what we always loved, which is being around this group of incredible women and having fun and being able, I mean, imagine the tailgaters for this. It's going to be good. <laughs> he, he is going to be like leading the tailgaters in the sport. Of yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, just, just <laughs> listening to you, Jules, talk about it. I just have a huge smile on my face. Um, you know, I met uh, Natalie, Kara and Julie at a game. Um, at an LAFC game last fall. And um, just in the, the short time I was able to talk to them, um, they were just taking everything in. And you could see um, what I was excited about was this desire to learn more, to be better, to be exceptional. And, and I think that attitude is just gonna lend to um, us trying to be the best club we could possibly be and you know the credit in terms of our our soccer crew goes to Jules because in talking she's just like you know this is part of the legacy of the women that have been part of the national team you know whether you were teammates with them or not and especially the ones you know I'm I'm a transplant here in Southern California um, but these players have laid the the foundation for you know girls soccer here in this area and so to have them be a part of this is so meaningful to all of us um, and you have such diversity in terms of us as players I mean our 
our post playing career and what what these um, you know what our teammates are doing can only help our club be better. Yeah, I, I had a suspicion, Julie, that you might have been rallying the troops. That's what I wanted to ask. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's cool too, though, because it is almost essentially every generation represented from from the U.S. national team, basically in this this group. Um, I mean, you said everybody was bought in from the, the beginning. You know, what did that look like? Was that just a, a text chain and, and everybody was in? Was it a quick group call? Um, it was actually an email that I sent to the to the group and said, you know, me and I have been talking with Julie in, in the group and um, and we'd love to include everyone. And so, you know, our big worry was we were going to miss some players that were from Southern California that <laughs> would be like, hey, we want in. What do you mean? Um, and so we, uh, we, we hope we caught everyone. We'll probably didn't catch everyone and they'll, and there's still time of course for them to come in. Um, but it was basically, you know, this is, seems like such a neat opportunity for us to continue to support the game and give back yeah. and, and cheer on this next generation. And so in line with what we always, you know, dreamt this game would be, which is, you know, bigger than soccer. It's empowering in so many aspects of our lives and empowering to so many young girls. And so with this list of, you know, from all these different silos, which is so interesting to me, you know, beyond the A-list celebrities, you know, you just have some great thinkers and great minds and great um, business minds and creative minds. And so they obviously were like, yeah, let's go. This is a fantastic opportunity. And so it was quick. It was a quick email. And uh, right away, there was a couple that were away in areas that didn't have cell phone function. <laughs> so Bob, he was like, wait, 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 I want in. I just haven't been able to read any of my stuff. <laughs> um, so we, um, but we, we, we did it all in like the last week. So that was fun. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. And, and I mean, there've been some, some comparisons in terms of, you know, it's a collective ownership. Uh, Mia, obviously, you know, you've kind of had a, a similar sort of situation with LAFC with the number of, of investors and owners. I'm just curious. I mean, that's the first time we see it in the NWSL. Um, you know, ha have you learned from that situation in terms of what this might look like? And um, I, I was laughing too, because I, <laughs> I said to Julie too, I, I, I think it was many years and many more questions than you probably would have liked of Mia, when's LA getting a team? And it was always, you know, when we're, when we're ready and, um, you know, and now obviously the, the time is here. So, um, yeah, no, there, there've been a lot. I mean, um, you know, for us, we don't go to the bathroom by ourselves. So to be able to, uh, um, have a club with this group is exciting, but, but I think it, it goes back to what Julie talks about. Um, you know, in terms of, of our group of former, former national team players, soccer players here in Southern California, it was about, um, continuing that legacy and and having the players that have committed themselves to the game uh, be a part of this and you know majority <clears throat> female ownership group uh, they deserve to be a part of that and um, you know just like with LAFC using the strengths of each individual uh, you know I I don't I don't think there'll be uh, a board meeting of 50 of us at any given time but at the same time, we, we have an opportunity to make a difference. And whether it be from a storytelling aspect, 
um, to, you know, the entrepreneurial brains that are, are part of our group and how to connect people in terms of social media and, and telling those stories to, you know, you have one of the best leaders that I've ever played for in Julie Foudy can tell you how to build a team. Um, you know, what's important. Uh, you have, you know, Shannon McMillan that's, that's, uh, has, you know, running a club and, um, you know, we have so many individuals that can really help us fine tune how to connect with our community. And it's one of the things I know, um, that was important for our launch is, is our relationship with the LA 84 foundation and the play equity, um, you know, to make sure that people understand it's not just about kicking a ball. It's about being involved in your community. And, um, you know, from day one, we're committed to, to making a difference. Yeah. And I want to ask you a little bit about that, that community aspect, the LA 84 tie in, um, you know, how did that, I guess maybe that was already in place when, when you all started talking to the, the larger group here. Yeah, Julie. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah go sorry. ahead. Yeah, sorry. No, I go sure. ahead, Jules. <laughs> I, I don't know as much about it. I know Renata Simro very, very well with the LA 84 group, who's phenomenal. The president there yeah. who took over uh, after Anita. Um, and I know Julie and that founding three are, as we said, very committed to the idea of this being bigger than just soccer and tying into the community in a super impactful, positive way. And so that was a really big piece of the, the pie for them and the puzzle is how do we figure this out so that it's all about access and opportunity for kids of all um, you know, underserved communities as well to have access to sports. And that was a big one that they wanted to, to really wrap their arms around. Yeah. The California, obviously near and dear to, to both of your hearts, uh, Mia, kind of, as you said, in, in different ways, um, you know, th there's no shortage of, I don't think there'll be any shortage of demand of players who are going to want to play in, in LA. Um, you know, many who still live in the off season in California and, and many or so many are from there um, through the years and, and including now, um, you know, what does it mean to kind of be in that sort of hotbed of soccer, which, you know, is, is true on a youth sense, but also, you know, that you look at the national team now and then, and, and so many players coming from it, um, you know, what opportunities do you see kind of specifically in the market for um, maybe the, the youth side, as well as, you know, the fact that so many players in this league are from there? Well, I think, I think it, it just creates more opportunity for us, but I think it's really important to not take that for granted. And, um, you know, life is about building those relationships and building a club is no different that you have to connect and, and, um, you know, help not only the players that you want to sign to be a part of your club, but your connection to the community and your supporter base, um, they have to feel valued and especially in, in a market where people have so many options yeah. um, and you, you live in about the environment with perfect weather. So if you can't find something to go watch in person, um, you know, you can go to the beach and surf like Jules does with her family. I mean, there's, so for the way I approach it is, 
it's a wonderful resource to have, but in no ways do we are we going to take it for granted. For for you both, um, maybe starting with you, Julie. You know, what do you look at now that this is this is out there in the world? You've got some time to to get ready for that first kick. Um, you're looking at. I'm sure envisioning in your head what this might look like players walking on the field, you know, you standing in the stadium, um, you know, what is success kind of looking like in, in your vision in that initial start that first year of what, what you hope that this club looks like? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you, you've got to be successful on the field to make an impact. Right. Um, and, and to, to draw fans and keep fans. And I don't think we're going to ever take that, for granted, right? And and the one thing we've learned, Mia and I talk about this a lot with our WUSA days of being scarred. <laughs> yes. That um, I mean, I, it brings cold sweats when I talk about you know our first failed women's league is also just understanding that it's not enough to have a powerful ownership group that comes from a lot of uh, you know great resources and deep pockets. I mean, we had that experience with WUSA and. Uh, you just never know what's going to happen. And the wisdom we, we gathered from that is is to be humble and to look to people who have done it before, to learn from them, to constantly be thinking, you know, how can we be smarter? How can we do this uh, in an affordable sense, but also be the best product we can provide? So I think that's one of the things that um, we'll carry with us, you know, that poor Julie Ehrman is going to have to listen to all the time already. Yeah. I'm like, listen, this is what we learned from the first time around, Jules. <laughs> I know, I'm all ears. So, um, but I, I just, I, I also want to think differently, right? I, I, I'm already thinking like, God, there's so many cool avenues we could get to the community and and messages we could send. And in a world that's incredibly divided in a country that's incredibly divided, you have this awesome opportunity to provide inspiration on so many different levels besides sports. And that is what I think our team always has done very well. This group of U.S. Women's National Team players that always been very cognizant of is it's the bigger picture honestly beyond just winning a, a title on on the field it's what impact are you making off of it and that's what I, I think I'm most looking forward to with this group yeah and and to be open to as Julie said new ideas but that we always have to constantly be evolving and and learning and growing um, you know for on the field and for our players is to make sure that um, they they play in top class facilities and their training you know their training sessions are top class that we make sure once again it goes back to that they're valued and um, I know this ownership group is committed to that in all my discussions with them yeah, I know. I know a lot of people had the question uh, I saw in the press release. You know that by the end of the year, expecting to announce the venue, the official team name, going by Angel City at at the moment. Um, you know the the colors looked interesting, a little familiar even maybe. I don't know if they'll <laughs> they'll stick around, but uh, I know what you're talking about, Jeff. <laughs> um, well, but but thinking a little bit wider, maybe on on the league front. Um, you know, wh where do you see the league at large going? Obviously, 
you know, you, you both uh, among a large group here investing in not just a team, but, but the future of, of a sport, of a league. Um, and, and obviously as much as, you know, you want to see this move forward, it has to be a smart investment. There's got to be, you know, that, that vision on a league level. So what, what made you kind of, um, maybe not made you get on board because I think that's kind of obvious, but what, what are you encouraged about with where the league is going? start me yeah sure i you know i had um i've talked to a lot of people <laughs> um in the in the past month and just to hear the excitement that they have there uh you know whether it's it's seeing more in terms of investment from sponsorship uh, the expansion. I think uh you know Louisville coming in you see the changes that Sky Blue's making um, obviously Port Portland and, and Utah, um, with how they're committed to, um, their women's teams and just seeing this kind of shift in not only financial, but, um, resources to the league and, and the markets was incredibly encouraging. And, um, you know, as someone, all of us that, that played on the national team and Jules and I on this call, um, we want to find a way to keep pushing this game forward. And um, I'm excited about its future. I'm excited to be a part of this group and um, we'll do everything we can to, to make it, make it the best we possibly can. Well said, boot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, from a, you know, from that perspective, um, you know, the, the sport at large, I guess you, you kind of alluded to it a little bit, Julie, um, earlier about kind of the lessons that, that you both and, and many people learned from WSA, but, um, it feels like, I don't know, what, do you feel like this was maybe for both of you and maybe starting with you, Julie has been in you for a while and, and me, obviously you're, you're investing in LAFC, but I mean, you fought for a league back then, um, you know, there were business elements to that and, and kind of seeing how things work and, and learning from things that didn't. I mean, is this something that you've thought about for a while, Julie, in terms of getting involved at a team level, investment level, or is this, you know, you, you started talking in January to those folks, the, the rest of the team. Um, yes. And especially in terms of, you know, what type of team would come to LA, right? Since this, you know, I, I grew up here in Southern California. I've lived here uh, most of my life. And, um, and so when, you know, even before January, before I met them, when Becca Rue mentioned um, this group of women and them being amazing minds and tech and entrepreneurial types, I was like, yes, this is what we need in terms of just different thinkers. Um, and so, yeah, I, and, and I've always felt that and which has always been the driving force behind so much of, you know, what we've, we did as players and as a team is that um, for a little investment, there's a large return on women's soccer and that it's this untapped potential that if done right, you could tap into. And FIFA is understanding that finally after rattling that cage for so long. Right. And I'm hoping that, this is something that other communities, other teams start to understand. And we're seeing it on a global scale now for women's soccer that you feel the momentum behind the game. You feel the interest and you can sense that there's a fan base there that 
is is hungry for more and so i i you know would love nothing more than to be able to tap into that um, as much as we can and and help honestly and help build that and and drive it further to other to other markets i already saw a tweet today who someone saying you know why can't we get alicia keys and they start naming all these names for you know sky blue or new jersey or new york franchise why can't we get them behind it and so um it gets us thinking differently which i think is also yeah. very and and I think that that same excitement and enthusiasm is, you know, one of the reasons why I think you see Alexis part of this group, um, you know, and, and Serena basically saying, well, let's do it. You want to you want to be a part of the change, then let's do it. Um, and so it's been great to to have him and, you know, him bringing us on as well that because that, uh, it takes all of us to make a difference. I can't tell you the number of texts I've got today. Mia, I'm sure you're the same. They were like, hey, yo, we want in. How come you didn't <laughs> offer it to us? Come on. So I've already texted Julie. I was like, I got a list. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's exciting. Like, and I have, um, you know, friends of mine that here in, in the South Bay that our daughters are all the same age and they are just, they are so excited. They're like, where do we get t-shirts? Where do we get swag? We need this. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's so cute too, is my kids, when I told them a couple days ago that this was coming, because I have a 13-year-old daughter who plays and an 11-year-old son, and they were so excited. And But the cutest thing is, is when they're like, well, who else is owners? And I was like, Mia's in, and Tish is in, and Joy's in, and I'm going Shannon's in, because they know all the kids, right? Yeah. So, so we can hang out with, with Grace <laughs> and Ava and, and Sadie. And so they're thinking about their opportunity to hang out with all their buddies, you know? I was like, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> That's great. That is great. That's, um, well, you know, I guess wrapping up here a little bit, um, LA, obviously, you know, to that point, um, th the market itself, you know, it's, it's a big one, obviously. Um, I know the, the venue's not announced yet, but just in terms of tapping into the different pieces of, of it, and I'm not local, but I understand that people feel like, you know, if you're on one, one area, the other one's totally different. And I, I know that's, you know, Mia, you've probably seen that with the the Galaxy LAFC dynamics, but um, how do you want to appeal to you know the market at large? Is it is it trying to reach everybody? Is it trying to hone in on you know a specific area or, or you know key demographic? What does that look like? I I don't think you close any doors. I think you cast as wide of a net, and um, you know we're we're a we're our own club, and I, I think that's way, the way we're approaching it from day one. And, um, you know, we welcome any and all to, uh, as long as they love the game and they're respectful of it, that's what we want. Yeah. And maybe wrapping up, um, you know, looking at the, the long term, um, I think players often, certainly U.S. Women's National Team players have talked to, you know, frequently about a legacy, leaving the game better than, than they found it. Um, you know, I think, Julie, you mentioned earlier about other markets, this being an idea for them. And, and maybe we look back at this as a, a turning point for the league, even as, as sort of interest picks up and, you know, expansion has been a little bit slow uh, at times. And, and this obviously, I think, is, is quite a, a kickstarter. I heard uh, Julie 
Julie Ehrman on, on Meg Linehan's podcast, and, and it struck me she was talking about, you know, the expansion fee becoming exponentially higher in 15, 20 years. And um, I'm not, you know, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about 15 to 20 years from now. So, yeah. you know, what is that? I'm sure you're thinking that far ahead too in this, in this decision. Oh yeah. It's actually the first thing I said to the players, right? I said, um, and those who called with questions, I said, you know, you got to think about this is, is not a, necessarily something that's going to give you any return in the short term, right? I think the, the mistake we made with WSA is trying to show we could get a return in the short term and, um, and our numbers being way off that this is, this is something that takes decades, right? To get a return. And hopefully one day that's, you know, where we're at in terms of um, the, the financial side of it. And I think that's very, possible and probable given what we talked about this being an untapped market um but also to go in just for me this is something that's just a passion play as well right i want to give back to the game i want to support it in a way that um that continues this legacy on and uh, and it's less about an investment with a return it's more about an investment in the game for the future and that's what i think most of us are going in with the mindset of yeah, I think the one thing they need to be careful of for us is um, if if we have a rough first half, trying to keep everyone from going down into the locker room at halftime. And uh, <laughs> you get your whiteboard out. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna like start start kindling away at the cleats. Yeah, just just kicking sharpen. trash cans. Just kicking trash cans. That's all I'm gonna do. <laughs> Um, well, I'm sure everybody looking forward to, to LA here. I mean, something we'll be talking about for, for quite a while. And I imagine you both are, have been watching the challenge cup with a different eye, maybe with, uh, yeah. players you might want and, and things <laughs> you might want to do. And, uh, you know, a little bit of a different view I'm, I'm guessing, um, as this tournament has gone on, but, uh, well, Julie Foudy, thank, Mayhem, you, Jeff. thank you for joining me on, on kicking back. Yeah. Thanks, thanks. for all Thanks for all the wonderful work you do on behalf of women's soccer. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Kicking Back, a podcast by The Equalizer. If you like what you heard, and we certainly hope you did, please go ahead and rate and review this pod. The more you do that, the easier it is for other people to discover this show and hear compelling stories from some of the most interesting people in women's soccer. Keep an eye out for our next episode when we kick it with our latest guest.